listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Show, the leading word in pharmacy. You can find all of our episodes at www.pharmacypodcast.com. Hey, pharmacy community. This is Todd Yuri, the host of the Pharmacy Podcast. I've been looking forward to the show for some time. Uh, we have a, I guess, a pioneer in the pharmacy industry and someone who's uh, seen a lot of changes, obviously. Um, and I've been looking forward to interviewing uh, someone in the wholesale business helping independent pharmacy to grow their business. Mr. Larry Dowd, the CEO of Rochester Drug Company. How are you doing today, Larry? I'm doing great. Hey, so like I said, I'm very much looking forward to this interview. Wanted to get the background on RDC and to understand um, you know, how you guys got started um, and um, kind of the, the vision of the company. So. Uh, take it away, Mr. Larry. All right. Well, Rochester Drug Company was officially formed in 1905 as a wholesale druggist in uh, Rochester, New York, and uh, did business uh, not an awful lot that we know about uh, up until the late 40s when it incorporated into a cooperative. Uh, at that time, it, w- it was a cooperative that would only sell to its members and, uh, and enjoyed some moderate success with independent pharmacies. Rochester was decimated from uh, independent pharmacies when Rite Aid and Dawes and Key Drug came in and bought up all the stores. So uh, Rochester Drug had a uh, had an issue that was uh, pretty severe. They were having a shrinking marketplace, and uh, they were embezzled by uh, one of their uh, controllers, who uh, eventually, uh, as a, just as a side note, committed suicide in the parking lot when he was caught. But from that point on, uh, Rochester Drug was not having very good luck in doing business and uh, went for a period of about 13 years where they paid no dividends, which is the beauty of a cooperative, uh, a part of the, the, uh, the lure to belonging to a cooperative, and they couldn't pay. Uh, so, but they had some leadership there, uh, particularly a fellow by the name of Lou Carlosio that understood that uh, they weren't going to make it just selling to members without a dividend. So. They changed the bylaws of the company to be able to sell to uh, anyone, and they did. Uh, along the line, I was working for uh, Cardinal in Buffalo and uh, had decided that I wanted to make a career change and called to uh, speak to Lou Carlosio, who had been my boss when I worked at McKesson way, way back. And uh, he offered me the op- opportunity to come there and then take his place when he retired. And it's the best move that I had. Uh, ever made in my career and went there in 1987 when the company was doing 16 million dollars a year was uh, was all that we were doing and they had uh, very good people working in the company but they had no idea on how to market what they had and I guess that that was my strength because I was able to come in and and make uh, a direction for the company to take and you know, people, my friends in the industry said, what in the world are you going to Rochester for, uh, from Cardinal to Rochester? And it was just, it felt right. And I was so proud to be able to go in. All the, everybody was saying independent pharmacy was dead. Independent pharmacy's dead. It's dying. Why would you go there? There, you know, there's going to be nothing left to sell to. And I really always wanted to work for a company where we could look at the rest of the industry and say, the heck with you guys, we're for independent pharmacy. And people started kind of laughing at us because we're so small, and here we are being belligerent 
uh, towards the, uh, the industry. And we had a gal that worked for us uh, in our return goods department. I was walking through one day and she said, so she said, hotshot, what makes you think you can do anything better here than uh, any of the rest of us? And I said, you know, the problem, there's nothing wrong with this company other than the fact that nobody knows how to tell the story. And that's what I'm hoping I'll be able to do. Well, we started adding people and uh, uh, growing our marketplace and uh, expanding little bit by little bit and started to get some credibility. The fact that Ellicott Drug, which was in Buffalo, sold to Cardinal in 1984 and all of the stockholders of that cooperative made an incredible amount of money, made the folks that were shareholders in Ellicott think that because I had moved from Ellicott, which sold to Cardinal, and, and I had moved to Rochester to work for Rochester, that we were going to build the company up and then sell it to Cardinal or someone similar. So it made it very easy for us to sell stock in the company and bring in new membership and, and increase the excitement level of everybody that was there. And, and we grew, and we didn't grow rapidly, but the percentages were pretty big because I had such a small beginning. And today, we sell more filling orders on Friday nights for Saturday delivery than we used to sell in a whole month at uh, Rochester Drug when I first started. But we started selling stock and expanding our marketplace and brought in some really great folks to uh, work with us and with a commitment where we, we go to things, uh, we go to, to conventions and meetings and it isn't, we're not looking for comp time because we're giving Saturdays and Sundays of our own personal time or driving, leaving our homes at five o'clock in the morning to go somewhere and getting in back in time to manage our kids' little league baseball games. We don't see that as a problem. We see that as part of the, the, the really good things that come to us because we work for Rochester Drug. And one of the, the really neat things is our company is owned by independent pharmacists, directed by independent pharmacies. These people are community people and they love uh, the people that work for them and take care of them and, and it's just been a pleasure. We started, we're pretty unique, we started paying uh, a Christmas bonus in 1987, uh, which is a week's pay plus 100 bucks and ever since 1987, with all the changes that have happened, we still do that. We have a profit sharing bonus, not only for our owners, but for our employees. Uh, we have uh, plenty of of uh, benefits, uh, the health insurance and long-term and short-term care uh, disability, and we have dental, and we have uh, ophthalmic, <laughs> we have eye insurance. And we, we're just, uh, the company is just great. And, and the people that work there, for the most part, uh, love what we do, and that makes a difference because when you're dealing with a customer that knows you really care you're willing to give your more than your fair share and 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 go the the extra mile for them. That's what really sells the company and the loyalty that we feel from our not just our our uh, owners. Uh, we have 230 owners that own about 350 stores, um, but we service probably 900 independent pharmacies, and uh, we have a, an incredible reputation for service. And the company has gone from that $16 million when I went there in 1987 to uh, over a billion dollars in sales this year. And sales are growing rapidly. And we're, we're in the metro market. And the people in the metro market are a very d different group of customers than what we enjoy and know so well in the, in the 
upstate New York and Pennsylvania. And so we've had to learn, but we have learned. And now they're just coming around to us like uh, uh, on a daily basis we get phone calls from stores in the metro marketplace that are looking to be cared for by a wholesaler that really enjoys the relationship. So Rochester Drug is, has gone, they were a, a good company, but we've gone to being an exceptional customer service company, uh, a company that cares about one class of trade and in particular independent pharmacy. We have, had, we have a, a, a loan uh, bank of $10 million that we use to help stores refinance if they get into trouble, to help people buy out independents so that independents don't go to the change, but they, they can stay with an independent. Uh, we use our money to uh, support organizations like uh, the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, Pharmacy Society of the State of New York, New Jersey Pharmacists Association, one of, the biggest, one of the biggest causes that we support is NCPA, and we're very, uh, very encouraged to see that there are increasing numbers. One of the things that, uh, you know, that uh, happened uh, at the uh, Pennsylvania Convention this year is I was speaking with Dan Hussar, who's probably one of the best known uh, senior citizens of, uh, of pharmacy, and he said to me, he said, I want to ask you something. He said, do you think that wholesalers, if wholesalers wanted to unite independent pharmacy in a common movement, could the wholesalers do it? And I said, I don't think, I don't think we could because we don't cover the country. I don't think independent wholesalers cover 50% of the country. But I think NCPA could do it if pharmacists would just realize that they need to participate. If they can't participate, at least send their money so that the the warriors that are out there fighting for them passionately have the funds to deal with the issues that they have to, to deal with. And it's, uh, to my way of seeing things, Rochester Drug's customer base is more motivated, more engaged in these types of uh, associations than are any of the other wholesalers that I know of, and, and for the common good. Um, not everything our board of directors done, does is directly associated with feeding money back to our shareholders, it's done with supporting the industry. And I'm very, very proud to, uh, to be the CEO of this company. It's a dream come true. I, I couldn't sleep for months when I knew I was gonna get this job because I was so excited to form, to go and run a boutique wholesaler that would cater just to one class of trade. And uh, you know, I don't know, I, I, I've been very fortunate in my career and I feel like uh, this was just another stroke of good luck that I that I got to be in this company, and I got the support that I got from the owners, and uh, we've we've been able to make a difference for a lot of people. I think um, the reason that RDC has been as successful as you have been is you truly are a reflection of the epitome of what is independent pharmacy to their own community. Um, you can't expect to preach one thing out of your mouth and say something or do something out of the other side and, and to be successful. Um, you're an independent pharmacy wholesaler and when you look at how a community pharmacy and why a community independent pharmacy is successful, why they're the most trusted you know, healthcare professional, the most accessible, it's because they're in the community. They're, they're touching patients. They're, you know, they're bending over backwards for their patient. It's not a, 
It's not a cut and dry, you know, national big box store, um, you know, mentality. This is, you know, their customers in ways, uh, you know, their family because they're right in there in that community. And it just seems like you in RDC is, is a reflection of what an independent pharmacy owner is. Well, I like to think that we are because we're really in the same situation that they're in. Um, for my whole career, I've been totally aware that the independent pharmacy buys at the absolute highest price of any, any, any purchaser of products uh, from the pharmaceutical manufacturers, whether it be generic manufacturers or brand name manufacturers. And I have a passion uh, to, to try and uh, get involved whenever I, I can uh, to uh, help level that playing field. And our independence, I, I, you know, to go back to what you said, Todd, uh, we have a, a, a customer, uh, his name is Tony Graziano in Alfred, New York. Tony just celebrated his 25th anniversary in his store. And while we were there uh, with him during the celebration, his town board came in and they read a proclamation. I wish I had it with me, but I'm sure you wouldn't have time to, to hear it. But uh, I forwarded it to NCPA because it's the, uh, the total acknowledgement to the, what the independent pharmacy who's really engaged in their community can mean. And uh, Tony, Tony, uh, Tony, after they read it to him, they, they stood and read it in front of all the people that were in the store. It took him to tears because he was so um, emotional over the fact that they actually recognized the benefit that, uh, that he offered that community. And I see fathers and sons and fathers and daughters and mothers and sons are going into pharmacy and I just am so thrilled by it, but that's what it means. And I, I started in Ellenville, New York with Matthew's Pharmacy, father and son, and then it became grandfather, father and son. And that's how I see independent pharmacy is part of the community, part of a family, and uh, it's just, it's, it's dynamic. Yeah, I've noticed uh, being in the industry myself for just about 10 years, um, the owners um, that are successful, especially the ones that are successful, are are exactly that. that that's part of their community that's their livelihood and like you said you're you know when you go to a uh, conference you're not looking for a comp day because it's just your life and that's what you know any anybody that's successful really anything uh, you have to do something that you're passionate about and that you're excited about because that comes through in your work it comes through in the way that you deal with customers you deal with vendors or partners um, and back to what you said, Larry, I was talking to um, Pat Eppel, the CEO of the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, and I asked Pat, you know, what's the single uh, most, you know, the biggest challenge you see uh, for pharmacists today? And she said recognition. She was like, they just want to feel that they have something to offer and be recognized. And that goes back to, of course, being recognized as a true health care provider uh, from the federal perspective that is that we're all of course helping to fight for but um, you know that to, to be a wholesaler and to be successful wholesaler today if the heart isn't in it I I don't think you have a, a, a plan in place that's going to do any more than um, maybe beef up your uh, your your stock price or something but um, you know my my focus is definitely the success of uh, uh, an independent pharmacy and uh, pharmacy owner expanding their business and and becoming more profitable and that to me it start it, it, it helps to strengthen that business but it also helps to strengthen the the community that they serve and that's really what this is about it's, it's a serving role that we all play it is you know it is a serving role and 
to me, we tell our customers and things that I've that I've heard just recent, recently about uh, relationships. There was a relationship definition given uh, earlier this morning that it's a mutually rewarding uh, role that each other plays in, in their in in their lives. And we say whenever we respond to uh, customers, we say we want to be a competitive advantage for you. We want you to know that you've got somebody that will get in their car at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and drive that drug to your store so that you can take care of your patient because we know you would, you would do it for your patient. We want to do it for you. And it's hard. It's, I think it's hard to believe, but maybe hard to believe. But we, we have, I've always said when, you, when you're going to do something, you tell somebody you're going to do it, and you do it. You stay committed to it. And sooner or later, they're going to understand the level of your commitment. And I think that's been part of our success. Very difficult marketplace in New York, but we've been down there really doing well for about 10 years, and I think that we're, having, we're breaking through to that level of trust that people, it's really, what makes, it's really what makes the relationship so strong because, you know, we're in an industry where these fellows are getting, they're getting whacked on reimbursement constantly, unfair uh, reimbursement, but if they don't participate, they're out of the program. There is no choice. There's no way to make money. And uh, so these fellows are really fighting for every nickel they can get on acquisition costs because that's the only way other than lowering their inventory and reducing their staff, the only way they can make more money is to buy better. So sometimes it doesn't seem fair because we do incredible things for our customers and they'll leave us uh, on occasion for a better price. But we're starting to see we're starting to see that that really isn't how it's going to be in, uh, in our marketplace. Where, where, we're, where we're up in uh, New York State, in upstate, in, Pen in western Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania, we don't feel that same pressure, but in New York we do. Well, now we're starting to see customers that will stay with us despite what they consider being the very best price. We try to, uh, to pride ourselves on having such good service that they overlook uh, what they perceive to be, be a better price, which I never concede that somebody has a better price than we have. And we all have a different way to come to the bottom line, but in the end, we're all buying the same product and the same, the same expenses involved with it, so there can't be those big differences, but we all try to make it seem like that, RDC included. So Larry, I wanted to thank you for being on the Pharmacy Podcast Show, and uh, thank you for uh, you know being there for Independent Pharmacy. If you're listening to the show right now and uh, you'd like to reach out and talk to Larry or his team, um, uh, please definitely do so. It's, a, it's an option if you're not already a customer of RDC and you're within the uh, territory that they're covering and they're helping to grow, um, definitely encourage you to reach out and, and see quite a difference in um, the way that uh, business can be for uh, you as an owner. But thank you so much, Larry, for being on the show. Thank you.